So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that is celebrating Daniel Ricciardo's podium by drinking from our shoes. Drinking from our shoes? Our shoes. Uh-oh, <laughs> I've just been in office all day. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the podcast that's getting really pissed off that other <laughs> podcasts aren't obeying the blue flags. What would other podcasts be blue flagged for? In the well, charts to get out of our way? Well, they're ahead of us in the charts, but they're a lap behind us, so it looks like they're ahead. <laughs> but actually, They're an episode behind. behind. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the podcast that starts in five seconds. Are we ready? So what? Oh, oh, I wasn't. Hang on. Stopwatch. Where is it? I'm Chica Rez, and today from the Sergison Arms in Haywards Heath, we look back at the German Grand Prix. Last weekend, we went to Hockenheim, a town that, despite being destroyed in nearly every war since the 17th century, is renowned for its asparagus growing, a museum of tobacco cultivation, and the Hockenheim Ring race circuit, where, last weekend, surrounded by trees and half-empty stands, we were treated to a relatively drama-free race, with tyre strategies that made sense to no one, especially not the drivers, and rain, but that was fine. Okay, it wasn't a particularly interesting race, but this will be an interesting podcast and might even be funny as well. Who knows? So strap into your six-point harness and let's go. With me is a man about to go to Central America and is very much in holiday mode. It's Terry Saunders. Terry. Hi, what? Sorry, (laughs) I was just uh, researching my trip. Crocodiles. You Rosberg's that right up. Nice. But the thing is, Rosberg seems to care. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I'm going on holiday, so my whole week is based around money exchange rates, suitcases, backpacks. Hand luggage sizes. Hand luggage sizes. Not getting any kind of vaccinations, even though technically I should. Where are you going? About it. Mexico, Belize, Guatemala. This could be my last podcast. Those sound very safe places. Well, you know, there's this... Basically, the, the rules are, there's nowhere... There's nothing we have to get vaccinated for, so it's not like a yellow fever. If, we, if, if we're in a yellow fever country, like Wales, we'd have to definitely <laughs> get vaccinated. But we're not, and everything's like recommendations, and all these vaccinations can like do screw you up a bit. Not that I'm anti-vaccination, I'm not talking about the, the MMR stuff. Sounds like you just couldn't be bothered to go to the GP. Basically, <laughs> basically, I totally forgot about it a bit about last well, they're week. They're quite expensive when, as well, I think, aren't they? And then there's anti-malarials, which we could take, oh. but it's a low risk for malaria. And, I'm, and a friend of mine took antivirals and they sent her crazy, so I'm just like... Actually what about crazy? Zika? Yeah. Are you going to get a Zika? But Zika there's no cure for, so... Yeah, oh, it's fine. fine then. As long as you're not pregnant, Terry. What about gunshots? Wow. Are you vaccinated against gunshots? I have, I had, they have one, a lot of I've had a small gunshot uh, applied. Oh, the homeopathic approach. Yeah, so I've had a small gunshot applied, so I'm pretty sure I'm immune now. <laughs> <laughs> and alongside him is a motoring journalist who just picked us all up in his car. It's Phil Tromes. Has it been a quiet week, Phil? It has been an exceedingly <laughs> quiet week, which is why I wrote that. I hope you all enjoyed my car. <laughs> Everyone, I've got a car. So uh, Phil has got a red, red car. <laughs> it is a red car. It's Skoda. basically a Ferrari, except it's got a Skoda badge on it. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, you're one of them. So you get those people that have a shit car and they put a better badge on it, but you've got a good car and put a shit well, badge I mean, on it. <laughs> if you want to delve into it, it's basically a Volkswagen with a Skoda badge on it. Can you explain briefly why that happens? Because originally, using the Volkswagen Group as an example, or the Volkswagen Audi Group, or VAG as it's known, um, they have a lot of marks. With a, with Is a, it in Germany? Do they not? Are they not aware that VAG means oh, probably PR? Is. <laughs> but they, it's probably their example of German humour. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they have they have a lot of different brands all owned by the same company, and they're all sitting there going, "Why are we getting to all develop the same thing in their own special way when we could just share a load of it and change a few panels and stick a different badge on it?" So a lot of the cars in the same in the, in the Volkswagen Group and are essentially the same. So Audi, Volkswagen, Seat, and Skoda all share little bits and just sort of dress them up a bit. How big are the dress ups though? Uh, it varies depending on the car. I mean, some of them are completely their own, and they'll you know they'll have their own systems and stuff but like stuff like engines infotainment systems basic platforms of the car so gearboxes they'll they'll all be shared hang on so so your car right now is parked outside the pub so does that mean that another car is using your engine right now that's right right so let's start with the stories you've been talking about in this listener's corner so we'll start off with um, the most controversial topic of the race, which was Rosberg's overtake on Verstappen, which was, of course, when Verstappen came from the outside to overtake and uh, Rosberg shoved him off. Or did he? Yes. OK. So Jason Brennan contacted us and said he pulls the same shit he did on Lewis in Austria and does another woe is me when he gets a penalty. I can't believe I started the season wanting him to win the championships. Now I say crush him, Lewis. Wow. Well, Jason, I can't believe you wanted him to win the championship. Um, can you please stop listening to this podcast? You clearly don't know anything. No, we really need you. Come on then, Terry. Rosberg stuffs it up the inside what? and does another... Oh, it was on full lock. What I found fascinating, actually, was Max Verstappen's reaction in the interviews after... So Rosberg on the radio said, oh, did you tell Charlie that I actually had full lock on? I couldn't go any further. And then Max Verstappen on the radio just said, no, he didn't. And it's like, Max Verstappen's being shunted off the track. He's trying not to crash and drive at 200 miles an hour. And he still somehow got time to notice Nico Rosberg's hands. <laughs> Either he is more brilliant than any of us are given credit for, or he's got a weird fetish for Rosberg's hands. <laughs> he's just there going, oh, there they are. Ooh. Ooh. blue hands. <laughs> <laughs> I like that watch. Well, this is, I mean, this is yet another coming together between... Rosberg and uh, Verstappen who if I mean if it wasn't for the, the Hamilton Rosberg tobacco could we talking about an intense rivalry because there's been a few little ding-dongs now mm-hmm. but I mean did you think did you think Rosberg's overtake was perfectly legitimate were you as surprised as he was that he got a penalty no I thought he was going to get 10 seconds to I was surprised he got a penalty but more because well he did get 8 seconds in the yeah, end I, mean. <laughs> I don't really know where Rosberg thinks he wasn't in the wrong he I mean, was if, if he'd stuffed it, if he'd stuffed it in and he'd kept the racing line and then he'd forced Verstappen off you know if he was ahead and then he went out to the outside of the track on the exit of the corner and forced him off there that would have been alright if he'd been on the racing line but he literally did exactly the same as he did in Austria in his defence though and I never defend Rosberg he was hard up wasn't he he was what <laughs> no he wasn't in the slightest he had his hands completely straight until the moment he actually turned which was way past the apex of the corner he made no attempt whatsoever to make the the corner either he was going in way too fast which didn't look like because he didn't lock up or anything exactly he just literally drove in a straight line forced Verstappen off and then turned bang out of order I mean he said that Verstappen moved a bit under braking which in fairness he looked like he did a little bit but you know two wrongs don't make a right so taking a step back from the race now that we're halfway through Hamilton is 19 points ahead but has engine penalties coming his way so we asked you who is your tip for the top Leighton Brown said Hamilton, and it always has been. Nico is a so-so driver at best, and a bottler at worst. Lewis is a racer. Simon Billington said Rosberg has not shown a capacity to beat Hamilton over the last two to three years. Don't see it changing now. Daniel Kelly said Rosberg has more chance of the WWE title. And Jason Brennan said Lewis will win with a race to spare. Arnie would like to see Rosberg in the WWE. I think Rosberg in a leotard would be enough to push me over the edge. 
in a good way or bad way? The edge to what? Don't know. Don't know. But madness, sexual frenzy. Sometimes I think the two aren't that far apart. Um, How's your wife, by the way? She is not wearing leotards. That's all you need to know. Do we think Rosberg's got realistically any chance at all? I mean, no. he's got engines. Hamilton's got no engines left. Remember, he's got basically he's got to let make this engine last the year, or he's getting penalties galore. And would he be able to make it last a year? Well, Probably with not. races like this, where basically I read, I read today that on lap two he turned it down. <laughs> yeah, it's like, get in front, turn it down, back everyone this up, away we go. Because yeah. I'm only going to have Rosberg. Like, Hang on, he's fourth. Oh, great. All right. Well, literally take the engine out. Just, I'll just <laughs> pedal around. Don't forget, at the start of the year, Rosberg won, what, four or five on the trot? Well, he was seven in a row, wasn't he, with, with the ones from last year as well. So he was yeah. like, seven in a row, everything's amazing, blah, blah, blah. And now it's just, oh, you do just feel like it wasn't that Rosberg won seven races in a row, but Lewis Hamilton didn't win. <laughs> and Rosberg no, won by right. default. Which is what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, depends if you're a Rosberg fan or not, but... Who I is, mean, though? Who is, really? There must be some. If you're a Rosberg fan, write in at wrong at ff1s.com. Nice. That's our actual email address. He didn't get much support this weekend, considering it's his motherland, did he? Well, one is of it? his motherlands. Well, yeah. Monaco is his motherland. Or is it Finland? No, Finland is his fatherland's motherland. <laughs> <laughs> Germany is his mother's motherland's motherland. He has lived all his life in Monaco. Which Monaco's is his, his moneyland. <laughs> I have no time for him. So are we saying Hamilton's going to win the season? The thing is, it's come, it's been, the whole year's been like this, hasn't it? So Hamilton had a bunch of um, reliability issues, problems at the start of the year, which has put him on the back foot. He's had a run of just just normal, not even spectacular races or spectacular luck. He's just had a run of races, and he's won the last four on the bounce without really trying. And it's going to come down... I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to come down to the last race because of engine penalties... And, you know, there's bound to be another Hamilton retirement or a qualifying snafu or something. I think it'll come down to the end. And I'm going to tip Lewis, but I think it's going to be very close. You think it's very be closer close. than perhaps we might initially think? I think it's be like, what was that one, the, the Abu Dhabi, the double points one, where it was down to the last, that, that one two years Ooh. ago. It's going to be like that, I think. It's going to go down to the last one. Well, race. Jason reckons Lewis with one to spare. No, because it's going to be even closer than that. I think, yeah, but I, I think Lewis is going to blow up on a race or crash into Verstappen or something. Well, watch the space. And finally, it was yet another race that went wrong for the Scuderia. What the hell is going on at Ferrari? Scott Crawford said, Too many Italians. Every other team has a proper mix of Europeans and such. It's too Italian. I've never owned an Alfa Romeo. Really want to, but I'm not an idiot. I drool every morning as I walk past to get to the bus as I waited on the garage to get a part in. Need more Germans in the factory. It's a bit racist, Scott. Mm. A little bit racist, Scott. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, but I mean, but he's got a point. Entirely <laughs> accurate. Yeah. Entirely accurate. Um, um, since Enzo Ferrari died in 1989 or 88, I think 88, Ferrari only really had one period of success, and that was when the British came and took over, and Ross Braun built an entire team, and Jean Tot, who's French, came in, and they just they just basically got rid of all the Italians and went, we're doing it this way because this is how you win in Formula 1. And what the Italians do, and it's actually true, like the Italian press is so influential in Ferrari Formula One terms that when they start, when the whatever the famous newspaper is, I forget the Gazetta dello Sport, is it? Something like that. I think it is that, but it sounds like you just made that up. <laughs> the <laughs> newspaper dello <laughs> newspaper Sporto. Um, <laughs> they. Once they, once they start questioning things, it's like the whole team just falls apart. And that's what's happened again now. Well, they did have the big British hope, James Allison, but he has just left this week um, for reasons not entirely clear. It was sort of initially thought that he'd left because his, um, his wife very sadly died earlier this year and he wanted to be with his kids. But then there is some speculation that... Uh, it might have been a bit more complicated than that, but I'm not entirely... I haven't managed to figure out what the background is. Yeah, because it seems that if, if if Ferrari care that much about him, they'd have given him a year off or something, but they've... He's left for the media effect. He's gone, yeah. He's gone. And I believe another couple of people who also... Well, he's ruined, he's ruined to be at McLaren already, so it's kind of... It's oh, really? Bit, it's a bit weird. So it's, it's hard to know. But Andrew David Anscombe says they're third that's pretty bloody good well not if you're the Gazetta dello Sport yeah 
I mean, third, is it good when... I mean, let's not forget, Ferrari get more money than anyone else. They've been they there longer than anyone else. More pressure than anyone else. They they're the only, the, the only original team from 1950. And they're the only team, and this is including Mercedes don't do this, they're the only team that basically at the start of the year go, we're going to win. So it's not like they don't pile the pressure on themselves. They just kind of go, yeah, well, we're going to do this. We're going to win. And then it gets to this stage of the season where everyone goes, you're not doing very well. I go, oh, we're third. It's like, yeah, you said you were going to win. Remember that? You do wonder if this is starting to sort of gather exponentially upon them. You know, like you have a few bad times and then it snowballs and the bad times weigh and the bad times get even worse and yada, yada, yada. Because there's been rumours this week, I heard, that Vettel is not happy. And in fact, you heard it in the in the race he was questioning various he didn't seem to have trust in the team with what they were telling him did he they were like but come yeah, in and he was like no he's done that for, for ages he's doing it more now though and he's getting more frustrated and there's I've I've heard rumours that uh, that linked him with McLaren for 2018 oh really Ooh. it literally just a rumour and I can't remember where it came from so uh I have no idea if there's any substance to it, but the fact that people are actually talking about it, because, I mean, a year ago, you'd have thought, well, yeah, he's a brilliant fit there. He's getting on with everyone. He's, you know, Tifosi love him. Who knows? Yeah, but there's that statistic of comparing the first year and a half of Vettel's Ferrari career to the first year and a half of Alonso's Ferrari career, and Alonso had more wins, more points, more fastest. Like, Alonso's first year and a half was actually marginal, but definitely better than Vettel's. Adrian Michael Rees says... Whatever anyone says about how bad Ferrari are this season, they've got nothing on 1992. If it was points for top 10 finishes, footwork would have finished higher in the constructors' standings. Michele Avaretto had so many finishes outside the top six that year, whereas Ferrari couldn't even get to the end of a race. OK, there's truth here. It was worse at a certain time. Like When I first started watching Formula 1, Ferrari were a kind of joke team. It was like... It was like that old man in the pub, and you'd be like, oh, he used to be in films. And you're like, did he? What, that guy? He's, he's just wet himself. I know, yeah. Um, so there is that element. But at the same time, a professional modern Formula 1 team, it's no good just saying, well, they used to be worse. <laughs> it's like, going, oh, I've got no money. Yeah, it's like saying, yeah, I'm racist, but you should see my mate Dave. Well, Dave thinks they should all get rid of all the Italians. I know, it's mental, isn't it? See my mate Scott Crawford. <laughs> Racist. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1's Sake or find us on Facebook where we're FF1S or you can email us at wrong at FF1S.com. So back to the German Grand Prix. Let's go through the teams one by one and we will start off with Mercedes. Now, last weekend, we saw further tension between the Kanye West and Taylor Swift of F1. Rosberg, as a youth joke. Sorry, I'm being fairly clearly looking at Chica, because I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, do you want to say which is which? Rosberg is Kanye West, and Hamilton's clearly Taylor Swift. Anyway, Rosberg fannied around at the start, allowing Hamilton to engage in hammer time and pull off an impressive win. <coughs> Rosberg, on the other hand, had a slow start, reverted to whatever plan B was, and then dealt with his anger by forcing Verstappen off the track, which he got a five-second penalty for. Things went from bad to worse when Mercedes' stopwatch starter forgot to start the watch, meaning that Rosberg had an eight-second penalty. That was the best thing I have ever <laughs> seen. I think also at the end, um, when they're talking to Toto Wolff, he said, we did lose some time in the box as we took more safety margin than was required. Classic F1 speak. <laughs> so Formula One has technology to spare. Everything is done to the infinite detail. Uh, everything's precision engineered, everything. And the guy tasks doing stopwatch. Was <laughs> the and can you? Because can you imagine the panic? Because you, you know those moments when you're on, when you're like, you're the pressure's on you, and something's gone wrong, and time just slows, and you're just there going, "This shit. is counting the wrong oh, shit." Shit, I've pressed love by mistake. Oh god! What I'm disappointed by was that he just didn't try and wing it. Obviously, the guy who's doing it, I think he was, he's, he's like the head of the track team or something he's, he's, he's not just some nobody he, the guy doing the stopwatch is like quite high up in Mercedes it was, it so was he, Toto Wolff <laughs> no, no 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 it was like the person who's like head of trackside operations or something like that someone who should have known better and obviously he's such a kind of deliberate person that he couldn't possibly just kind of go 4-5 go because <laughs> in that situation I would have just been like 
seconds. It's fine. Five seconds is fine. Who's going to count? Who's going to check? Surely they should have a backup in the background saying. Well, you one think when they've got two, two jacks elephant. and they've got spare guns everywhere, mm. not literal guns, wheel guns, in case anything goes wrong, they'd have more than one stopwatch. I mean, whether it was a guy with an actual stopwatch, a mechanical stopwatch, a digital stopwatch, maybe the stopwatch on his phone. It would have been interesting because if if it, right, so it went wrong. And if, you were, and if you basically just went 1, 1,000, 2, 1,000, 3, 1,000, 4, 1,000, 5, 1,000. Yeah, and then do it. he let them out. And then when the timing screens came up, he'd been stationary for 4.97 seconds. Would they have let that go? No. no. They would have called him back in? No, 5 would be the cutoff. I think the chap on Channel 4 said, why didn't they just go 1 Mississippi, 2 Mississippi? Brilliant. And then that would have done it. I mean, it was so obviously way longer than 5 seconds. Did you hear any of like, Rosberg's reaction to that? Rosberg said he said, said it felt like half, felt like half an hour. <laughs> it nearly was, mate. Yeah, well, have you ever watched a Satyra Rosberg interview? <laughs> <laughs> Not well, the most entertaining race by Lewis <coughs> Hamilton. But what did you think? Well, he pulled it out when he needed to pull it out because Rosberg had been... <laughs> and then he went to the racetrack. <laughs> He's a single guy. I'm sure he has fun times between the races. Um, he, He's got a he Snapchat. Was, he was having <laughs> problems all weekend, wasn't he? He was slowest all through practice, mm-hmm. messed it up in qualifying. In fact, Rosberg was on top <laughs> all weekend. Annoying. This was the story of Rosberg getting it right except in the race, and Hamilton messing it up all weekend except in the race. Which and is once where Hamilton, it matters. Exactly. And once Hamilton got in front, as you say, turned his engine down in lap two or whatever it was, didn't look in any bother whatsoever, was regularly like 10 seconds faster than everybody... <laughs> So it was that really weird bit in qualifying where Rosberg had to have bought that lap on like the last corner. Oh, he had corner. electronic issues. No, it was electronic issue, three, didn't he? And then everything. So, but he, he was like the just fastest control all the way deleted. Yeah, it was fast all the way through. And on the last corner, they went, "Oh, it was something wrong." And he kind of pitted. That he came out a few minutes later and was fastest. It's like that seems a bit weird. But he had been fastest all weekend. He's all, and all usually by a couple of t- uh, a couple of tenths. I think he was a, what a tenth faster in fastest in qualifying. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it was all down to the start, really, wasn't it? And then Rosberg ballsing up and getting stressy and having a shit pit stop and forcing Verstappen off the road and yada, yada, yada. In fact, it wasn't. He didn't just have the shit pit stop with the uh, with the delayed penalty, did he? Because he, didn't he have problems with his rear left in his first stop? It was just a bad just weekend Just a shit for weekend him. for him. Well, shit race day for him. A good weekend everywhere else. But Hamilton seems to have the rub of the green. Luck of the Irish. The what now? Okay, right, so let's talk about Red Bull. This Formula One team provided lesser mortals like myself with five of the best moments in this German Grand Prix. In qualifying, Ricardo was faster than his fresh-faced teammate by just one-tenth of a second. Ricardo went to super softs on lap 34. No one was sure why, and then everyone else did it. That man is a pioneer. Red Bull asked Verstappen to move aside to let Ricardo pass on lap 38, which he did, not only is he incredibly talented with eyebrows to die for, but that boy has manners. It was the first time in over a year that we've seen two Red Bulls on the podium. I'm, I'm always torn about how fickle I am with Formula 1. So when Vettel was winning, I was finding Red Bull really tedious, really boring, everything. I, I, I hated Christian Horner. I hated the fact they were dominating everything. And now this race, where they've got a jump Ferrari and they're better than one of the Mercedes I'm really rooting for them I'm just there going oh yeah I'm really glad Red Bull are doing well you love an underdog I do love and an they've underdog. got two very likeable drivers mm. that's also true apart from Verstappen who you despise I don't despise him I think, I think really you're taking my words out of context I despise Verstappen Terry Saunders <laughs> okay I mean if you if you don't read the rest of the quote I think you'll find more than any other human alive <laughs> <laughs> okay I was a little I mean, I still think I had a valid point. Oh, uh, we, so, we should talk about the shoey. Oh, the shoey. As far as I understand, the shoey is... It's a tribute to Michael Schumacher. <laughs> it's disgusting. He's drinking out of Michael Schumacher's shoe. <laughs> but, like, that feels lot, inappropriate. That seems a bit awful. So I didn't actually stuff. see this bit. So was it his actual racing boot? Yeah, mm. so he literally sat on the podium when he got his, on his, uh, he got his champagne. He took his shoe off. He poured champagne into the shoe. And then drank from it. So everyone else was having fun while he was undoing his laces. It just uh... apparently it's an Australian thing. On one level, obviously it's fine. He's got a podium. It's fine, but it's not his first podium of the year. It's not his first. He's won races before. It was his hundredth race, I think. But he's won races before. You think if it was his first <coughs> win, you'd be like, okay, do your little local thing. That's fine. But let's be honest, mate. You've come second at a race. Where you know it was a little forced. He's, I think he said it was his, his mate is Jack Miller, the MotoGP rider who won a race a couple of weeks ago, and he thought he was going to do it and didn't do it. And Ricardo was like, "Oh, I need to keep up the pride of Australia" or something like that. Jesus Christ! 
All right. Let's move on to Ferrari. Oh. So last weekend, two of our favourite drivers were forced to face up to the fact that their team really aren't very good. Vettel had a shocking qualifying, but his standout race achievement was the fact that he managed to stay ahead of never-to-have-had-a-podium Hülkenberg. But in his usual post-race optimism, said that he really enjoyed the atmosphere. Raikkonen didn't do anything exciting except have a fast pit stop. Do you think they might give up a bit now that they've lost second place to Red Bull in the Constructors' Championship? Well, I think we're going to start hearing that sentence. We're focusing on next year's car coming now from Ferrari, which is their way of well, saying probably we've given up a bit anyway. Yeah, but they wouldn't have. They literally this week drove next year's car or bits yeah, of but it. Yeah, they, they, but the thing is, if they were in with a chance of the championship, they wouldn't be saying that. So the fact that they're now going to be saying that is the classic Ferrari way of going, we fucked up. So, um, oh, I don't know. It's just, it is just terrible how Vettel is just in a grump. He is. He, he, that, all that stuff with the with the when they called him in and he said negative. I'm staying out. The tyres are still fine. And then he questioned the strategy and they said, "All right, stay out." They don't seem to know what they're doing. They're just scared of him. I mean, that, do you that's think what that's it, what it is? That's what it came down to. It came down to the fact that they said, "Come in, come in, box, box, box." Which may have been right, may have been wrong. They were talking about an undercut that I think wouldn't have. Don't think it actually was on. So by the fact that they were in the wrong, doesn't necessarily mean that Vettel was in the right. But the fact that they went. It almost feels like, you know, I don't have an army background, but it feels like when there's insubordination, you then screw that guy up. So what they should have done is, when he said no, they should have done something remotely to his car to just make it crash. Ejected the wheels. Oh, like they, they did it, uh, was it Silverstone? Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, I mean, allegedly. Well, exactly, but they should have, they should have like, just come down on him and just say, right, okay, okay, stay out, do what you like, and then, you know just thrown like a, a, a cat onto the track in front of him or something and went oh if you hadn't have stayed out right Williams so the team that have won 16 world championships nurtured talent such as Ayrton Senna and Nigel Mansell and this weekend we celebrated the fact that both their extremely talented drivers managed to scrape a place in Q3 can I just question nurturing Ayrton really Senna nurture they kind Senna. of they kind of killed him yeah <laughs> <laughs> the opposite <laughs> Massa was hit at the beginning of the race by Palmer, which seemed to be fine, but then wasn't. And from the glimpses of Bottas on the TV coverage, we established that Williams messed up their tyre strategy. Was this just an exceptionally bad day for Williams? I'd take issue with the word exceptionally. It was just yeah. another bad day. It was Williams. an exceptionally it's bad, not really an exception. bad day. It's not really an exception these days, though, is it? So he got hit on the first lap by Palmer, which we'll talk about in a second with Renault. Another bad day for him as well. But... The whole race, he was just there going, is there wrong with my car? Is there wrong with my car? They bring him into the pits, can't find anything wrong. They take pictures of the car, they study them, can't find anything wrong. He he basically just goes around the whole time going, my car's rubbish, my car's rubbish. When they pit the car at the end of the race, they do a thorough check, can't find anything wrong with it, right? Massa has become a hypochondriac. He's like <laughs> he's like your uncle that goes, no, 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 I can definitely, I definitely can't hear so like, it. Flick your fingers, I can't hear that, I can't hear that. I don't know what's going on. Massa has just become this like old joker. It's so funny to think that Massa and Hamilton in 2008 were like battling for the championship. Mm. Can anyone seriously look at the current state of Formula One and say that Massa will again be battling for the championship? No. So I don't reckon he'll stick around much longer anyway. What do we? Well, he's got he's no he's chance of getting in the top end team. Williams clearly aren't going to. Williams out of mediocrity, and then, are then Williams don't even want him next year. So what's he going to do? He's going to go back to Sauber, or he's going to go. And I hope he goes. For India, Hulkenberg may have come home with points for his driving, but he certainly won't be getting any points for race entertainment value. If I'm honest, I had no idea what he got up to all weekend. Pride of Mexico, however, Sergio Perez, who is exactly six months older than me to the day, Ooh. that's depressing was having an off weekend. He spent as little time as possible on the track during practice and was indulging in a delightful Sunday afternoon nap when the lights went out for the race. What happened to the team that we started to take notice of? Perez did go backwards, didn't he? Was it six places he lost? I watched, I was... At the start or four, some some places? Yeah, I mean, just rubbish. I was doing some work on Sunday afternoon after the race and I left because I had the Sky Now TV coverage and they showed an old one. They showed the 2011 German Grand Prix, like the full thing afterwards, which is very interesting. We should talk about old races sometimes because it's like Hamilton in the McLaren was winning and Alonso was in Ferrari, this kind of stuff. 
and Perez. I can't remember what team he was in then. Was he in? Anyway, whatever it is, they did this whole thing about Perez going, oh, Perez, this young new driver, he, he doesn't change his tyres off, and he can do he can go a long way on a set of tyres. And you just think, God, what a one-hit one. Uh, it's, that's six years ago, and all people can talk about him is that, oh, wow, he can do one less pit stop a race. Please. He's a few podiums yeah, through, through, making through that exact strategy. Now, again, like the question with Massa, can you ever tell me that Perez will fight for a championship? No. Will there be a championship battle where they go, we're at the Abu Dhabi race, it's all exciting, the two protagonists for this year's championship, uh, Max Verstappen and, and Sergio Perez, are up against it, they've gone down to the wire, and it's all down to the fact that, oh, Perez has done one less pit stop. Oh, what a worthy champion. That's all the kids are going to be gagging for. Hulkenberg, I thought, did well. It's, it's a little bit cheeky to say he was boring. I mean, okay, no, I mean, yes, he was, he was boring, admittedly, but... Uh, he, he, <laughs> he came in uh, probably as about as well as the car would let him do, um, considering he'd been demoted a place after qualifying for the team giving the wrong tyres back to Pirelli. What a crowd-pleasing rule that is. Although, I, I'm, I'm glad that got tested, because that's the sort of thing that... Let, right, let's just say, I've had many jobs in my life that I haven't maybe paid full attention to and if my job was the guy that takes back the tyres from Pirelli from the teams and gives them to Pirelli right the first few races I would be super efficient I'd be there going I've made a spreadsheet I've done a little chart on that by this point of the season I'd be going yeah yeah just put me in there it's fine don't care don't care I mean just for those that don't understand Terry can you explain the rule that requires okay. to give some uh... so in qualifying they're all given tyres from Pirelli that can only be used for qualifying and then they have to hand those tyres back because they can't use them in the race, but they have to be the same tyres, so they have to hand those ones back. But I thought they had to start the race on the same tyres as they were. I'm totally making it up. <laughs> I have no idea. I've, I don't understand this rule. No one does. No, no. So it's yet another Im- completely impenetrable Formula One rule that nobody, okay. including the teams, apparently understand. Right, McLaren. So yet again, the two most outspoken <coughs> men in Formula One provided us with a majority of the entertainment in this Grand Prix. Button didn't have an appalling race. In fact, he overtook Gutierrez and my personal soft spot, Bottas, to finish in the somewhat surprising eighth place. Alonso did some impressive overtakes and even managed to unlap himself after being lapped by Verstappen and was nearly in the points until his tyres disintegrated. Do you think that they'll be pleased with this weekend? They've got to the level where they're... They're better than Toro Rosso, I think. Now, I think it can be safe to say. I think they've Toro hit. Rosso, as we've said before, they're going to start going backwards now because they can't develop the their engine. engine. And you know, they're up there. They're up there like a solid kind of what eighth and ninth, maybe, which is impressive from where they've been, but still terrible. Yeah, like the argument going, oh, in the nineties, Ferrari were terrible. It's like, well, in the nineties, McLaren were great. And even just watching that old race I was just talking about, when Lewis Hamilton won in the McLaren, it was so weird hearing Martin Rundle on the commentary going, and this McLaren is so good in the corner, it's so fast, oh, what a great car. It's like, you kind of forget they used to be good. So they're doing all right, but their engine, the Honda engine is too thirsty, so they had to turn it down at the end, not for the same reason as Lewis Hamilton, but for the fact that they're just running out of fuel. Jensen Button's just moaning the whole weekend. He doesn't <laughs> care anymore. Um, we said afterwards that, yeah, I got eighth. I'm as pleased as, with that as you can be for getting eighth. Alonso's just hoping next year's going to be his year, but I don't think it's going to happen. I, well, I'm starting to wonder if Alonso will ever have another year, which I, I think would be possibly the biggest tragedy in the, apart from, you know, death, uh, in the modern um, in modern well, F1, the fact that a driver I is mean, good I as that. I know Senna got his brains blown out, but come on, Alonso <laughs> didn't get another championship. His brain's blown out. With the suspension, oh, I thought you were going some sort of conspiracy theory. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I know. I mean, I mean, the the fact that Alonso Alonso is such a good driver. I think you ask any of the drivers and any of the experts who who the best drivers on the grid are, and Alonso will be in the top three of pretty much everyone. The fact that he hasn't won a championship in ten years is just terrible. It's it's insane. It doesn't make any sense. Because, but but the other thing about it is that, again, going back to that the 2011 race I was watching, it was when it was the Mercedes team was Schumacher on his comeback with Nico Rosberg as teammate. It's weird to think. And it was when they were saying about Schumacher, he's too old, his reactions are going, he's not quite the driver he was. Right, the same question I've been asking on every team. If next year it's Alonso versus Verstappen on two equally matched cars, let's say, has Alonso, with all his years of racecraft, got it up over Verstappen who's younger with faster reactions I would anticipate seeing a similar thing that you saw in Hamilton's first year where Alonso was still really good and I think overall pipped him in the first year didn't he but Hamilton gave him a damn good run for his money 
I, th I think Alonso is an exceptionally good. Didn't Hamilton driver. get more points? No, though. I think Alonso got more points. Okay, uh, unfortunately, there's no way that we can possibly verify that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, if only there was some sort of database linked by cable to the world. <laughs> I've, I think that Verstappen is good, but if we, we've seen he still makes little mistakes here and there. Alonso, I think, is is a more complete, exceedingly. I think he's the most complete driver on the on the grid. He's also um, he's a bit uh, upset this week because he said that people keep broadcasting the miserable things he says on radio. Is he talking about us? I mean, potentially us. I think he was having a stab. <laughs> he said that, and I thought that's what we like him for. Equal points. They got equal points. Oh, there you go. On the 2007. So I, I would actually. That's now a battle I'd really like to see. I think somebody should put Alonso and Verstappen in one of the top teams in the same car, and let's see what. Not happens. to say that Formula One isn't as good as it used to be, but 2007, Kimi Raikkonen won with 110 points. Lewis Hamilton and Fernando Alonso in the same team both got 109 points. That's crazy. Let's keep talking about this shit yet. Okay, so next, don't worry, we're nearly we're nearly through it. Hey yes. Hey. I tried to come up with a word to summarise Hass's weekend and in the end opted for the somewhat primitive sound of meh. Gutierrez qualified in eleventh, which was his joint best of the season, but he's still yet to see the bright lights of Q3. And Grosjean had spins in practice and gearbox issues, but despite that, did alright. Out of the two, who do you reckon was the better driver in Germany? Gutierrez did quite well, actually. Like, he qualified quite a long way ahead and was better. Grosjean, I mean, I know that their car, we've said, we, we say the same thing every week about them. So let's try not to say the same thing mm. again, which is they were good. But I don't know. Grosjean just seems to have just disappeared as a personality. Like, there's nothing happening there. He you just wanted to make you laugh. Well, you know, it, it just... Well, it used to be Captain Crashy, didn't he? But even this year, like, at the start of the now. year, he had this kind of plucky mentality, and now it just mm. feels like he's just actually given up and settled down. Right, Renault. Germany looked like it could be the peak in Renault season, but then descended into a deep, dark trough. The defining moment of Magnussen's weekend was when he overtook Massa. However, everyone was overtaking Massa because Palmer smacked into him on the first lap. Palmer looked like he finally might be having a weekend that would make his ex-Williams driver dad proud. But after an encouraging qualifying, he faded into 19th place. Now, was Palmer making Q2 just a fluke? Actually, no. I think he he got that on on merit. Yeah. It was... Faster than Magnussen. Irritating that he got into Q2, but then he was only one place ahead of Magnussen, so it's kind of pointless. And then doubly irritating that he screwed up last week's race by crashing. And then on this race, where he's qualified ahead of his teammate... He smacks into Massa on the first lap and then screws up his race. Do you this, think this will be his last season? This will be his last season. <laughs> I don't think he's got the money to be able to get away with being a bit ropey, has he? No. I mean, I'm sure he's, he's clearly got some money, but I don't think he's got sort of big money. No. And a rich dad. Right, Toro Rosso. Okay, Toro Rosso have been the provider of reliable content for us with a sulky Russian's failing career to regularly bring up, as well as some Spanish eye candy at every race. I think we can safely say that Hockenheim was another regrettable weekend for the Red Bull underdogs. They were not very good on the straights, did not have great pits and came away with no points. What went wrong with Team Toro Rosso in Germany? First of all, uh, Spanish eye candy. Are you saying that science is, a bit of a, science is a bit of a... I, uh, I, I like it when he hasn't got his helmet on. I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> or should we talk about Fiat? Are you, are you feeling sorry for him yet? Because he looks like a broken whoa, man. Whoa, whoa, I felt sorry for him the whole time. Are you feeling also, more sorry for him? Speaking of feeling sorry for him, he said a really dark quote, which I um, would quite like Terry to do, if possible, please. Oh, so I've got to do a Russian yeah. and miserable Russian. Ah. Miserable Russian. Right, let's, what's some Russian words? I need to get into the mood. So. Kalashnikov. I'm upset, not at my usual level, that's for sure. We all go through some periods where we don't feel good in the car, and that's where I am now. <laughs> that was bad. It's sort of Kazakhstani a bit. That was a low thing to say, wasn't it? Jesus Christ. I, I mean, I'm not even joking. Like, so, so a couple of weeks ago, we did this swear box podcast mm. where I did some swearing and gave some money to mine. Um, 30 quid I put in the box. Thank you very much. Don't want any credit for it. It's my charity work. I do a lot I mean, of you it. Did, thank you. you. You're, You're a great man. I did put it on Facebook <laughs> and got a few likes. I'm kind of thinking I should have given the money straight to Daniel Kavir because, I mean, honestly, as someone who suffers from depression, I, I watched that interview and I'm just like, I am worried. <laughs> I am worried he's not going to come back from the Formula One break. He's just going to be there just sitting in a room somewhere. 
I've never seen, in all my years of Formula 1, I've never seen a driver so broken. And immediately, I've never seen a driver be so publicly humiliated. And they showed this bit at this, on the Sky coverage it was before the race started. They showed the whole kind of, it's halfway through the year, here's the year so far. And they showed that clip of him on the podium where Verstappen was like, you came at me like a torpedo. And he's like, that's just racing. And he looks so happy. And then you cut to this interview and he's just like, shit. Has there ever been a bigger, a bigger downturn for a driver? Only out in Senna. <laughs> Jesus. I, mean, I had to bring the mood up somehow. <laughs> right, we need to move on. Okay, because we've ordered food. Okay, Manor. So this was a race of high expectation for Manor. Verlaine was out to impress his home crowd, and it was sadly the last time we'll see Hariante for a bit. His final race, a race to remember. He did this by crashing into his teammate and taking off a big chunk of the front wing. Nobody was impressed. Will Manor be able to up their game after the summer? Yes, because Manor after the summer are going to either have Stoffel Roffel or the other guy who's doing very well that they might have in, who I've forgotten who it is. Who's the one who's the, no, the Yeah, Ocon. Yeah, the, yeah, the Mercedes guy. So it's either, so they're going to have a hot young talent. Do we definitely know that Harrianto has defaulted on his payments? It's not definite, but That's all the rumours seem to point that way. So there's going to be a hotshot driver. So it's not going to necessarily be a better car. But, but you think with a hotshot driver, that car would they it could do a lot better with them. Well, Verline's a pretty no, hot Verlein's shot driver. Hot shot, but I think I think Verline. Well, Harianto's done very well. He has done very well with his finances. I, I think Verline, yeah, apart from his accountant, like, <laughs> yeah. great in the chicanes, but his Excel work is terrible, <laughs> awful. <laughs> he needs to work on his sage. <laughs> okay, Sauber. After practice, it seemed that money really can solve everything because things were looking good for the recently refunded Saubers. However, things took a sharp turn for the worse as Ericsson and NASA ended up on the back row of the grid. NASA suddenly lost power and had to retire, and Ericsson justified his discouraging 18th place by saying they never expected to do well anyway. If we put these drivers in Mercedes, do you reckon, would they impress us? Yeah, probably. So it's just the car? I mean, a very large part of it is the car. I think Nasr particularly had got a good pedigree through GP2 and stuff. Um, I don't think he's a he's a Hamilton or maybe even a Rosberg, but I think he's pretty good. We, I think we said last week, didn't we? Don't don't expect anything from Sauber this year. The, this new money's going straight into next year's car. There's no point in yeah. chucking it into this halfway through the season. So not even in the second half of the season. I'd be very surprised. Maybe maybe if they get slightly a slightly improved engine from is it Ferrari does their engine? Isn't it? Ferrari, I think if so. Ferrari boosts their engine power, maybe they could do slightly better. But I mean, they'd be they'd be silly if they've got limited funds to put anything into this year's car. Stick it all in next year's. Right. Although Manor have got one point, and if Sauber can get well, there an is, extra point, they'll there get a lot there, of money. Yeah, that's true. There is an argument there which I hadn't considered. How so, much more money do you know? um, oh, it's a tenner. <laughs> no, it's probably in the millions, isn't it? So yeah, maybe wow. there maybe there is that argument. I'm now arguing with myself that if they can get two points, because I don't, I mean, do we expect Manor to get another one? No, nope. they have been slightly getting up in amongst it, Manor. But uh, in conclusion, no idea. They'll either give up or they'll put all their resources into this year's car. Brilliant. Right. Okay. It's time for the standings with Terry. Okay, because we're going into the uh, summer break, I thought I'd do the standings this week as the holiday destinations of the drivers. So, in first place, 192 points, we've got going to Barbados. Second place, Centre Parks with the family, because he has to. Third place, going home to Australia to drink out of a shoe. Uh, Fourth place, he's going back to his flat with the curtains drawn. Don't remember who that is. (laughs) Kimi Raikkonen. (laughs) Fifth place... Vettel's going nowhere in the EU because he hates blue flags. <laughs> Sixth place, Ibiza, because he's 19 and 18 and just horny. <laughs> Seventh, going to his happy place. Uh, eighth place, 47 points, is wherever it is the longest flight without a stopover. Very funny joke about Sergio Perez there, because he only stops. Oh, yeah. So. Ninth place, uh, Felipe Massa's going to Bexhill on Sea for the oh. rejuvenating sea air. I got married there. Oh, I went to a, I went to see John Grant play there at the uh, what's the, it called? The Dead Pavilion. The Dead Pavilion. That's where I Very got married. Nice. Is it really? It is. It's a lovely place. Lovely, lovely place. place. Tenth place, um, Nico Hulkenberg is going to go to Le Mans because oh, I went there. That was he's happy. Eleventh place, <laughs> Paris. Don't know why. Twelfth, going to Nashville to kick some haze. <laughs> nice. No, can you guess who this is? He's going to the hill at the end of the new Star Wars movie to contemplate. Oh, Daisy Ridley. No, it's, no, a, what? it's Alonso. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why are you just looking quite Jedi-like these yeah. days? Yeah. 14th, going to Beachy Head. I'm, I'm regretting that joke. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I didn't get it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, 15th, anywhere that sells real ale. 
Jensen Button. I think Somerset. he's got to that age. I think he's got to the age where he's, he's, a, ca- he's a lifetime camera member by now. Um, oh, 16th. <laughs> I've left last week's in. So let's say Milan. Uh, <laughs> 17th. Staying at an Airbnb in Greenwich. Really cheap, actually. And 18th. Stoffelroffel, who is so eager. He is at Spa now, waiting for the next race. And he'll be there for the whole month. So he's just there in his race suit and yeah, helmet. Just, just like just there. sitting in a deck chair Come in on, an guys. empty pit garage. And the constructors, I thought this week I would take them as if they were in. A, if there was a film of Formula One, because there's always talk of a Formula One film, who would play these teams <laughs> in the film? So Mercedes would be early Marlon Brando. They've got a real kind of class about them. In second place, Red Bull, James Dean. You know they're kind of cool and young and flashy. And I mean, let's not dead go soon. with the yeah the dead soon car crash thing. In third place, Ferrari, late Marlon Brando. He's fat. He's old. He's trying to screw someone with butter. <laughs> That's Tango in Marinello. Fourth place, Williams. Humphrey Bogart, I think. You know, they're old. They've got a lot of history. You know, they're quite mean to women. <coughs> Hang on. Williams, they've got a female principal. Um, Susie Wolf is not the principal. But she was a driver of Williams. She wasn't good enough. Oh, oh, that, that's the kind of attitude that's holding the world back, Phil. <laughs> In fifth place, Force India, played by Ben Kingsley. That's controversial. <laughs> he is Indian. That's a Gandhi joke. Toro Rosso is Corey Haim. Just see the dead one. Young. N- um, yes. Is that Feldman? No. Yes. McLaren Honda's Mickey Rourke in uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, where he does that really racist Japanese impression. Mickey Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> I've been very busy. So I'm, some, some of your best I'm, really in, I'm really in holiday mode. What? Haas is Jerry Lewis, Renault is Gerard Depardieu, and Manor is Vinnie Jones. Thanks, <laughs> bye. So we may be entering holiday season, but we still have time for the State of F1. So, Codemasters have released details of their forthcoming console version of the F1 game we all know and love. But it still comes up a little short in terms of a perfect simulation of the real thing. This year's release brings an improved career mode, formation laps and a virtual safety car, as well as a promised couple of downloads of the new stuff over the year. Unfortunately, with 2016 being the most erratic year for Formula 1 rule changes, you'd need a courier to show up each morning with a bag of discs hastily written overnight to keep up with the radio rules, the qualifying tweaks, the white lines you can cross, the white lines you can't cross. If they've released the game last month, it would all be pictures of a happy Rosberg, but now the loading screen should just be that face he does when he thinks no one's watching. (laughs) It might be the best F1 game we've ever had, but it could be so much better. But don't worry, I have a solution. Now, I don't think the Formula 1 PlayStation game should be about Project Cars level of realism at each corner of the car and understeer or oversteer. No one really cares about that. You should be able to get in a car and go. Yes, you can do a full distance race like what real F1 drivers do, but don't think that's anywhere near as impressive unless... Improvement 1. Off-track activity. After the race, you can don a virtual reality headset and now you can go to Barbados and be uh, sucked off by a pussycat doll. The child's gone. (laughs) When the cameras are off. Or if you've chosen to drive as Nico Rosberg, though why would you, you could live in a 3D simulation of him meeting with his accountants at Monte Carlo. (laughs) Two, crashes. Formula 1 games can't have crashes because it makes Formula 1 look bad. There have been ludicrous workarounds where the cars just fly through each other like they're Patrick Swayze. But, improvement two, real carbon fibre flying everywhere, actual crashes, and the artificial intelligence actually gets injured. Let's have a mandatory hospital check at a certain crash level. So, if you're driving online and you crash hard, the whole console just freezes and says you've got to visit your local general hospital until you can play again. And also, finally... The radio rules this year, they've been changing every event, you can say this, you can't say this, you can say this, apart from the easy option of just like unplugging your headphones when it says we're in race four, don't talk or anything, I've got actually what might be a genuinely good idea for the games, right? So in Formula 1, the radio engineers and all their rules and strategy is vital. But in the games, it's not. It's just like all computers and stuff. So what if when you're playing online, you can choose to be an engineer and not a driver? But there's another person playing who's a driver and you're controlling their strategy of a real person. So you could just sort of virtually pretend to be a guy huddled over a computer. Yes. While you're huddled over your computer. That's brilliant. 
That's actually a good idea, isn't it? I've, I've, I've done that thing where I've gone a stupid way and come up with a brilliant idea. I do think, I did hear that there is a Formula One management game yeah. coming in the works. There is a Formula One management game, but what, this is the thing. But it's like the management pro- team games, principal, presumably, rather than some lackey in the back. Yeah, the management games, you're, you're someone, you're controlling like a pretend virtual thing. You're a Toto Wolf. What if you're there doing strategy for someone else who is driving an online race? Uh, That's a great idea. You're listening, You're Codemasters. I am uh, available. Yeah, I've actually uh, I've I've ordered that game. It comes I am. out. It'll come out actually before our next episode, I think, because it comes out in the middle of August. I will be buying a PlayStation, I think. Ooh, Chi, have you played many F1 games? So Are I played the last one. The 2015 one. Uh, yeah. I didn't play that one actually. I haven't played it for a couple of years. The last one I've got is 2013. I think so that might be really one confusing well. to play. It's I really confusing. I think it was that one, but only had it on like a month. I didn't like it enough to buy it. Same. Wow. But I also didn't have a wheel, and I was doing it on the I don't thing. have a wheel. I yeah, have a wheel. I'm really a wheel. Yeah. I've got a wheel. Why don't we all play the new game and review it for the next podcast? I've already ordered it, so I'm up for that. I'll be in Mexico, but I mean, I'll probably get a dodgy coffee. So right. Oh, well, actually, you'll probably have died during your trip around Central, Central uh, America. So, well, I mean, whoever, whoever we get as a replacement for Terry might might be up for it. Well, I'll replace I think Terry. Chris Evans is free. Oh, okay. <laughs> So that's it from us. It is goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye, everyone. We haven't actually had time to talk about the fact that the radio rules are back, or not back, or there are no rules anymore. What did we think? Good? Bad? Can they bring the rules back in now? So now they've changed it out, can they bring yeah, it back they in? Could. They, they can do what they like. like. Yeah. Okay. Do we like them without? I like it without. Better chat. Yeah. And to Terry Saunders. We haven't talked about Bernie Eccleston and the dramas yes. with his mother-in-law. His mother-in-law, who's about... 30 (laughs) (laughs) got kidnapped but released did you plan your trip to go and rescue her you know I was hoping there'd be a moment where I'd just go into a go into a brothel somewhere in Mexico and go are you Bernie Eccleston's mother-in-law hang on (laughs) supposed to be rescuing her not so we'll be back in a month for the Belgian Grand Prix until then it is quite a while away so leave us a review on iTunes which sounds really boring but bear with us so we can make it more exciting by you can only use the you can only use the letter A I will personally give you a shout-out on the show to the person who can cram the most Formula One puns into their review while still making it a proper, obviously positive review. You've got to fit in the most obscure Formula One fact into your review. That yeah, if you don't facts, know Formula One... Obscure teams from the 70s. Puns, facts, anything. And the best one will win a prize! <gasps> Although, be aware that if they're too obscure, we won't get them. We will, we will. Terry will. You they won. will win Phil's steering wheel. They fucking won't win they, my steering They will win wheel. his steering wheel that cost him I will say hello pounds. to them, and Terry will improvise a song about a subject of their choice. Yes. I've been Chico Ayers. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.